welcome to today's podcast and the Future of Insurance uh, Industry Leader Series. I'm really excited today to have Charlotte Halkett, the CCO of Bought by Many, based over in the UK, joining us today. Welcome, Charlotte. Hello. It's great to be here. So, Charlotte, um, uh, what I'd like is I'd like you to give just a little bit of background on yourself and what you've done and what you're doing around innovation prior to uh, joining Bought by Many. Sure, great. Well, um, it's really great to be here. Uh, I'm a very passionate insurance person, is a, a quick summary of me. So I've spent just about my whole career in insurance. So quite unusually for an insurtech person, my background really is insurance industry. So I'm an actuary by background. I started my career about eight, nine years doing actuarial consultancy. So pricing, reserving, capital modeling, all that sort of thing for much of the UK PNC market. It was a really great grounding. It was a really great way of seeing under the hood of what was happening in lots of insurance companies. I was working for a very dynamic, fast growing, small actuarial consultancy called EMB at the time. I always like to say it was my first insurtech because what we were doing was around designing and bringing in new pricing techniques, new reserving techniques, the software that much of the insurance industry here still uses. And that was really exciting. It was part of a, a small team that was out there to kind of really try and change the world and, and move the needle. So that was the start of, I guess, my disruptive hat in insurance. Um, it was a really great time. It was a great time for networking. It was just, I'm always just curious about what's going on on and why things are as they are. My favorite fairy tale is the Emperor's New Clothes and I, I leave mo much of my life by it. It's because I always like to say why, why are things like this? Why do they have to be like this? And so that's where it started and then around sort of 2009, telematics at that time was something that mm -hmm. there had been some elements of it around in the world but there hadn't been the kind of killer proposition uh, here in the UK that would really change things. And there was a band of different, some of my, my colleagues at um, EMB and then some, some colleagues outside that industry as well that were, they were talking about what we could do in telematics. In particular, the thing that really drew together um, some of those people was around road safety. So it was around, it is impossible um, if you deal with motor uh, claims day in, day out, to not get really affected by what these mean. And in particular, there was this real feeling that we could do something here. You know, we could really... So motor insurance had always been something that had a handbrake on some of the really risky elements. But as an insurance company, you have this real informational advantage. You understand what, what accidents really look like, what incidents really look like. And there was this feeling that we were just desperate to use that to try and save, save lives. And so in 2010, Ensure the Box was launched and we wrote Saving Lives on the wall. And we always said that was the mandate. The whole business, that's what it was going to do. It was going to save lives. Um, and that's what we set out to do. So it was, it was interesting. At the time, InsureTech wasn't a word. It wasn't really right. a thing you had done. Because it was a very small team of us that were there at the beginning, we, um, you know, the, the, the mandate that you end up getting as part of a small team is, is pretty broad. And as part of my mandate, I was looking after the messaging from the company. And so I ended up on, on the phone to a lot of the journalists right at the beginning, which was kind of the start of my, not that I thought of it at all in those days, but I guess this, this influencer part. 
which was that I often ended up on the phone call to the journalist. And I think, you know, a year later, I was being told, this is never going to work. It's never going to happen. Two years later, I was being told, this is never going to work. This is never going to happen. You know, we were racking up 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 customers. And I'm still being told by the industry, this is never going to work. No one's going to buy it. They were buying it. They were buying it. It was different. It was really interesting at that time. The insurance industry just thought that new and different was just crazy. It was just, it was, it was not something that happened. So that was back in 2010. So I suppose a few years after that, InsurTech as a word kind of coalesced from, from somewhere. I remember the debates on Twitter at the time around whether it should have an E or not. I remember those too. I think I voted for no E. I can't remember I did. I voted for no E. (laughs) No E. Yeah. It is a bit InsurTech, isn't it? Uh I never thought of that. Um, Anyway, so that was, um, Insure the Box was a huge success. It was bought after, in a few years, by the um, MSNAD group, and it was part, it had a, a very close relationship with Toyota as well. So it was, it was a fantastic time for that business, having grown. We did so many things that were really cutting edge. So it was around bringing point of accident alerts in, about bringing in behavioral change so through messaging it was about the triage system of how we message people as they change their behavior as they drove from month to month and all about rewards it was all about trying to really positively influence people and that was a fantastic time and it really um i'm really proud to say that you know telematics is a huge part of the uk motor market now here for, Mm -hmm. for young drivers and even more impressively than that, they, you know, we did save a lot of lives along the, uh, along the way. And Insure the Box still is, which is yep. absolutely fantastic to I see. Remember insure, uh, I remember Insure the Box really, really well when I was working for a different company that was based in the UK. And I remember it vividly how, how well you guys did, particularly for that younger, uh, that younger age group that, you know, tends to be really high premiums. And really mm-hmm. given that kind of feedback to get them to think safety as they're driving. And it really made a huge difference. I remember that vividly. It's always very emotional being in startup anyway. But I think in Into the Box, it really was because that's what we were, we were trying to save lives. We knew when there was an accident that that was probably a 17, 18, 19-year-old who was in a horrible situation. So it really was a case of we're going to try and stop this happening in the first place. Or if it does happen, we're going to try and make it better. And certainly that, you know, the the early team, that was absolutely in the DNA, a very emotional way of of doing it. So, I mean, I remember the first time that we, um, I think there was a case early on that was the first time where we sent an ambulance to somebody who had been off the road in the middle of the night, had a horrible accident, really high G-forces. And about a week after that, he woke up out of a coma. And I got, I remember the whole office just being in tears over that because it was, wow. it was the first time that we felt like it was this really material situation where we'd done what we'd set out to do. I think it happened a lot more times after that, but it was, um, yeah, it was very, it was very emotional, uh-huh. but it was also fascinating from an insurance point of view. So it was a case of, we realized this was never going to work if we made it in deep it was only going to work if we changed the technology the pricing the underwriting the communication the claims the the after claims the whole soup to nuts whole business model every single part of it and that was quite hard to explain to the outside world because it was a case that you couldn't just take a bit and put it somewhere else 
And I think that was a lot of the, the shots that were fired at telematics early days. This bit alone doesn't work. And, and we knew that. We knew it yeah. only with all of it. All of it yeah. or none of it. Because it was so completely different. But it was, yeah, great time, fascinating, the kind of the counter-fraud side, the, um, the underwriting parts, the really operational parts of having to deal with you know, mechanics and mm -hmm. very different sorts of vehicles, but also, you know, engaging with the, the government at the time as well and trying to push the road yeah. safety agenda. So it what was, I did by many? Yeah, absolutely. So, so after Insure the Box, I jumped off to uh, start a, a home insurance, uh, bring a home insurance product to life as well, which is over at Buzz. And then this time last year, so just over a year ago, joined Bought by Many as their first chief commercial officer. Bought by Many is a company that I've admired from the sidelines my whole career. So I'm incredibly lucky because of the, the I suppose, the early stage when I was, was part of the InsureTech mo movement. Yep. A lot of those early founders, we just found each other in the same way I found you. So uh -huh. I know we just kind of find each other. Very small events at the time. Via there was only a few names in the industry. So so I met Steve Mandel, who's the the co-founder and and CEO here, um, back in oof, 2011, 2012, something like that. And I always just thought that is a brilliant idea. So most founders that I've met, I'm sad to say from along the lines there's been a lot that I thought oh, it's a nice idea but it's not going to work from insurance sense but yep. there was something about bought by many from uh, really early on that I just thought was genius about so bought by many was um, in the very early days was brought to identify really underserved parts of the insurance societies people who wanted insurance and couldn't find yep. what they wanted to bring them together and then to find those products in the insurance industry. So an incredibly, again, using this informational advantage, using the fact that Bought by Many really understood the insurance industry, was, and then really understood marketing and technology, was finding these people, bringing them together, and bringing that insurance establishment with the customer. Always a fantastic idea, and always one that I knew was going to absolutely fly, which is, of course, what it did. And then a about three and a half years ago, they realized that they had a huge amount of people in groups. So it was over a million people in groups by this time at Bought by Many. And a lot of those groups were around pet insurance. Uh -huh. So there was a lot of people who had pug dogs or Labrador dogs or older dogs or dogs with pre-existing conditions. And Bought by Many was really struggling to find the right products for those groups. So decided to go out and ask tens of thousands of, of, custo of potential customers what they would want from their ideal pet insurance and then build that. So at that point, they uh, pivoted is maybe the wrong word. They expanded decided to create their own insurance products rather than just passing them on. And that's when Bought by Many's real journey of being a pet insurer started. Yep. So it started that journey with already years of in-depth knowledge of the customer side. So that part that InsureTech really should do really well, which is understanding the customer. There's, I just don't think there's a company better in the, in the industry that understands customers and what they really, really needed. And so we launched Pet Insurance just over three years ago, and now we have over 200,000 pets on the book. So it's been a phenomenal success. I joined last year as the first chief commercial officer as part of that, you know, rocketing, supercharging the, the growth and the insurance commercial part. 
and it's been an absolute blast. We've had an amazing year. So, you know, with more partnerships, we launched in Sweden, oh, launched wow. price comparison websites, um, have grown phenomenally over that time, expanded our underwriting footprint, expanded our actual product set, and just got smarter and smarter with, you know, the data and the way we can serve customers. I joined because... I knew the idea was brilliant. I, I joined because the people here, the culture here is really, really special. And then the most two important reasons why I joined was number one, the customer, the absolute obsession with customers here is unlike anywhere else I've ever been. So we target NPS scores over 70. I think last month we got 80 across all touch points. It's incredibly wow. high customer service. And there's also that obsession with employees as well and happiness mm-hmm. of employees. So it's a really great place to be. And I'm an insurance geek. I'm an actuary. I'm an insurance geek by background. And the, you know, the insurance fundamentals are really, really good. That's my yeah, journey. So, you know, you guys have really evolved because uh, I remember meeting a number of people by, bought by many in the early days when they came over to the Global Insurance Accelerator in, De, in Des Moines. They kind of talked about their model. They talked about what they were doing. And a lot of people did not get them. It was, you know, they just did not get what they were trying to do because they weren't really selling a risk product at the time. They were yeah. more understanding what the, what the risk needs were, you know, from a, a wide variety of things, as you said. And so you guys have really evolved that. Do you see the business model continuing to evolve? I th- actually, I think Bought by Mini is very comfortable with change. Um, yep. But at the same time, it's, it's quite a focused place. So as I say, I, I wouldn't really have entirely describe it as a pivot that happened three and a half years ago it was an evolution it was a natural evolution yeah so understanding customer needs if that's where you are and i i think that's a really important thing that insuretech brings to the industry i do too uh, stop so you know i it's very interesting there's often insurance and insuretech are often set up as rival camps um in the which i just totally don't buy i mean i think the whole point of insurance is a really strong, um, capable industry. But what the insure tech movement is just about new evolution and fast innovation in a way that is very hard to do in a large organization. And that is absolutely no disrespect to the large in- industry at all. I just think that when you are very small and agile and focused and you don't have any legacy, you don't have any you know, politics within the business, you've just got one thing to do. It's very easy to really rush, you know, really innovate in that. Yeah. In that flow. And by working together, you can be very, very strong, which is exactly how we've grown. We've got some very strong you know, insurance partners behind. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised that people didn't get bought by many early on. They, they didn't, I, I think... There was a lot of, and there still is a lot of confusion about what the point of these things are. Yeah. But if insurance was great about this, we wouldn't have the enormous image problem that we do in the in the eyes of of customers. Which we can debate whether or not is fair. But if you look at trust levels in the insurance industry, you know they're they're really low. It was what I think thirty um, fourth out of forty one industries on YouGov here in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Which seems unfair if you're inside the insurance industry and you know the number of claims that are paid and how it's, you know, people, I, people in the insurance industry really do try and do the best for their insurance customers. But I, I think we would be daft not to try and analyze why that is and not to try and listen to why that is and to evolve with that. 
I think one of the things you hit on, you know, that we've talked about as an insure tech community is, is really how they're insure techs outside in perspective, because they're not thinking in terms of this is how we've always done it. This is what insurance is. There's kind of an outside in perspective that is brought into the thinking, the products, the business model. The other thing I think you hit on was the customer. I think InsureTech, the one thing that I think it's taught the, the insurance industry is that at the end of the day, it's all about the customer and what the customer needs and where their, where their expectations are evolving. And I think, you know, the industry's done a lot of customer research over the years, but sometimes they've done it expecting, they've asked the questions that they wanted to get the answers that they wanted to get. They didn't exactly ask the questions that they needed to ask to get information that they didn't know or didn't understand. You know, um, what is their customer experience with other industries like the Amazons, like the Googles, like the Apples, you know, other other entities that they have a really great experience. And what can we learn from that? I think that's one of the really great values that InsureTech has really brought to the industry. Um, and I'm looking for more of that over the next few years. Would you agree, Charlotte? Absolutely. It's it's just systemically easier to be to move quickly and to pivot and to change if you are a very small organization and let's let's be honest it's about failure as well and so there's yep. plenty of insure tech there's plenty of startups that that um might have had a great idea and they don't last along the way as a large company if you test something new there's there are problems that are also that come from your strengths so you are bigger you do have lots of internal projects. You do have an enormous roadmap of very large items already. You do have your best people pointed often at your very specific immediate problems. You know, all of these things are part of the strength of the insurance industry and why insurance industries have been around for decades, hundreds of years, and why they will withstand the, you know, the catastrophes, which is exactly what we need them to do. And why they are here for, um, you know, why they can be here for customers years and years yep. and year on. But if you are in a situation where you have 50 legacy, legacy systems, and if you do have, you know, some internal politics and ways that things have to work, equally, if you are trying to, often in your tech, you're trying to bring up a rival product. So that's quite hard to do in a large organization. So if we take the example of, you know, trying to create an entirely different pet product, if you already had an existing pet product, that's quite a hard thing to do as an existing company. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but if you're sort of competing with yourself, maybe you are, um, maybe you're undercutting your own products. Maybe you are, maybe you're testing things that, you know, your experts are, are very doubtful about. All of these things are absolutely valid in a large organization, but make it harder, which yeah. is why an insure tech that's focused on one thing, which is creating you know, throwing everything out and just creating the best pet products that customers want and that's it and that's what we're going to do and we're going to change things completely. It's, of course, it is, it is easier to be focused on just that. Yeah. There's much greater risks with that. I mean, if it, if it doesn't work, that's everything you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it is easier to do, which is why I think that there's, uh, there's absolutely, you know, a very valid place for both. I think the insure tech industry does need to, does you know, it's absolutely not perfect. There's, you know, insure tech needs to look at itself, make sure it's not in an ivory tower, make sure yeah. that it's actually considering the market. It's very easy to get tied up with, 
a wonderful idea, something that's wonderful on paper, but actually the market will come and hit you with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and insurance has really good reasons for having regulation and ways that it does things and ways that it, it makes sure that it's here for a long term. So, you know, you do need to consider both. Technology itself will not save anyone. No. It's a tool. It's a tool. So, um, you know, that tech is... Technology for technology's sake just doesn't win, ever win. It really doesn't. No, you've got to have, it's, it, the word is insure tech. You've got to have both. You've got to be yep. insurance side and the tech side. Um, yep. and if you've got too much of either of them, then, then it kind of doesn't, doesn't work. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, um, we were talking earlier before we got started, how all of us at the beginning of 2020 didn't expect us all to be in a lockdown in our homes, you know, with regard to COVID-19. And it really has kind of, to a great extent, kind of shaken up a lot of companies, including insurance, because they've had to really look at how are their business operating models? Are they really digitally enabled? Are they able to be able to support their customers in a full digital way? Yeah, they may be able to have staff work from home, but um, do they still have a lot of manual paper processes? Do they, um, how do they really engage with the customers? All of that. And at the same time, on the insure tech space, you know, we've seen a drop, obviously, in funding in insure tech, um, you know, at least for a period of time here, which I think would be a, a travesty because I think it's really powered some of the innovation, you know, that's really been going on. So as I, as we, as you look forward into 2020 and beyond, you know, what do you think are we're going to come out of this with some learning, Charlotte? You know, uh, with regard to our digital transformation as an industry, but also insure tech and the funding in insure tech and innovative ideas? Oh, it's such a good question. It feels like a real time of seismic change. So yep. I think this event has made people consider their lives, how they live their lives, how they live, how they go to work, how they interact with work. And then for the insurance industry, it's really made us consider how we can be better, better for customers. I mean, it was it was really interesting on lockdown. So, uh, bought by many went entirely remote. With uh, I, I wouldn't say it was it was easy, like totally easy, but certainly from a systems point of view, it was seamless. And from our customers' point of view, it's seamless. I think we dropped one call out of six hundred on the day that we went entirely completely remote. But other than that, we already were. We're already in the cloud, everything's technology enabled, or everybody works, you know, through Slack. We're already used to video calls, multiple locations. None of that was difficult. And our products as well were really designed to be far better than others. So for things like we have embedded video conference vet calls for all our customers um oh, wow unlimited free that was always a fantastic service for our customers incredibly well rated it's got an approval rating over 99 percent. so already incredibly valuable but at this time it suddenly was just an essential it was something that for our customers meant that they could you know they could access a vet anytime 24 7 so we really did have some some items that were met customers needs really really well at this time i would say it wasn't that that was they were always developments that were really useful so it was always a really useful um feature but it you know it makes you consider going forwards how that's that's even more important um some of the things you've said around 
what that will mean for change. I mean, we are, we are absolutely still, you know, we're considering what we want to do with our staff and, and remote working because actually we've never worked better. We've, you know, it's, we're incredibly efficient, really happy. So our employee NPS scores have never been higher. And I think that's because we've all made a big effort to over communicate to make sure that, so it's even more, I suppose it's, it's, it's even easier to access people anytime. We were saying this just before the call, how yeah. it's so easy to contact anyone at the moment because you know, you don't have to, there's not this expectation to travel to go and see someone. You just say, right, you've got 10 minutes this afternoon and that's it. So it's yep. very easy to access people. And just very, we have, you know, for the first, for the first month after lockdown, we had our CEO did an all hands call every day at 4.30. So, you know, the dissemination of information was really, really important, made everybody really feel part of it. And we still do it three times a week. It's very popular, really helps us with communication. So there's a huge amount of that that we want to keep. So we want to keep our employees really happy. We want to make sure that they, there's loads of good things about you know, not having to commute every day, about having that more flexibility and work, about the great communication from the top of the organization. Whereas at the same time, we also want to make sure that we, you know, we keep the culture and we keep everybody together. So there's, there's a balance that we'll need to work out going forward, how we onboard people, how we train people up, um, how we support junior members of the team, things like this. So, so we're really put, doing a lot of thinking at the moment about the best way of getting that balance. I think it will look different going forwards to, to, to being back and everybody will be very happy about that. From a funding point of view, that's really, really interesting. Obviously, Bought by Many closed um, our, our round, our Series C round, uh, which was obviously a lot of the work for that was done pre the lockdown time, which because a lot of this sort of the due diligence work. So I guess we didn't have that, that problem. Although, to be honest, I mean, we... I think a lot of these things, they would still be, as we were saying, you do them in a different way, but they're still very possible. So, mm-hmm. so I guess we saw that in a normal world beforehand. But yes, uh, for us, you know, we, uh, the, the closing of the round was, was as, as we planned. But certainly I see around the industry that, there's, that others are having um, difficulties and that can really be about line of business as well. So yeah. obviously through, uh, you know, the, the some, some lines of business are very affected by the, the COVID situation. So, I mean, all lines are affected, but some, for some industries have yeah. just shrunk so much. So travel or, you know, similar. So I guess that's linked to it. I think, what do I think it's going to look like going forward? I think there will be a, a lot of focus on the real as I said, I think I, I think we were going into that phase anyway, to be honest. So in the insure tech yeah. sort of hype cycle, there was that early real doubt of the whole industry that you and I lived through <laughs> back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. And then it seemed a few years ago, I, I almost didn't know what was going on. It was so bizarre to walk into these enormous conferences with <laughs> so many people. And it seemed like, it seemed like there was just this incredible number of ideas, which is, which is great, but it was, you know, it was that, that peak of the hype, I think. Yep. Um, and then I, I think I was talking about this last year. I noticed a real change in the nature of conversations, that it was, it seemed much more, much more embedded in the insurance side than I'd yep. seen two years ago. So I think there was already this, 
I think it was always moving in that direction, and I think this has probably just escalated it. Yeah. I'm still very, I'm still really, really. I mean, I'm an optimist anyway, but I'm still incredibly optimistic for the the future of insure tech. I mean, what does what does the word mean anyway? <laughs> I think it's part of insurance now. I think I think it's really the combination together. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of we made up that word a few years ago, didn't yep. we? And, and there's been so many articles written about what it really means to defining it, and I always find them a bit odd because I always think, well, I don't know, and <laughs> I've been doing it for ten years. It's really an embracement of, of new ideas and innovation and an outside yeah. in. It's all the things that in, that insure tech kind of kind of reminded us of. You know, I think, I, I think, you know, one of the things that out of every crisis, if you kind of look back just the last 20 years, Charlotte, after 9-11, after the financial crisis, you know, um, even with, I would say, for the insurance industry specifically, the emergence of InsureTech was a little bit of a crisis for the insurance industry because mm-hmm. they felt threatened. You know, they, they kind of didn't know what to think of this whole thing. I think, and, and now out of COVID, out of every one of those crises, good things happened change happened and we learned something and new innovation came along and we got a new perspective on things that whether it was new products it was how do we have to work with customers it was new risk needs um, emerged i think the same thing is going to happen here and we're just going to continue to pivot and t- hopefully take the learnings that we've had over the last five to seven years from an insure tech and apply them and kind of accelerate what we need to do as an industry is continue to evolve and partner I think it's always been at the real heart of some of the most successful, I think all of the most successful insurtechs, the fact that you can bring together, in this best model, you can bring together rapid innovation from an insurtech and the strength and depth from the insurance industry. Yeah. And when, when they work together well, they, it really does create some fantastic things. So, I mean, I, I think that partnership is... It's been it's been part of every successful model I've done, and I think it you know will continue to do so. And I I don't see any reason why that shouldn't happen for the reasons I described earlier. I think it's very possible. For, I mean, there's been some amazing innovation when I actually when I think of it for for some large insurance and reinsurance companies as well. But it's you know it's different, and that's fine. It's fine that the nature of you know play to your strengths you know if you if you're in a very large organization you've got amazing resources and data and and technology and fantastic experts and you know leverage that and as a small company you've got you've just got that laser focus rushing forwards a different sort of person often as well because you can often attract a very different sort of person and who is just more risk-taking, more likely to try something completely different. Maybe it's from a completely different industry. So So, what advice would you give to insurers as they start this new decade? Customer first. Always customer first. That's, That's always been at the start of everything. So basically, I still, when I talk to a lot of people in the insurance industry, um, and I ask them about their model, they, they often try and justify from the, the bottom up. And it comes to that, it's that emperor's new clothes question. It's that why, keep asking why, why is something like it is? And then what does your customer actually want? The person who's actually paying, what do they actually want and what's actually useful for them? And how is their life and their society changed? So that's my first. And then secondly, embrace the partnership. It's, it is yep. a great one. You can, 
if you can find a way of working together well so that it's win-win-win for everyone, including the customer, you know, why not? It can be faster, easier, less costly, and you can try things, try things. So my final question here, Charlotte, to kind of wrap up our conversation is if you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be? Evolution. Love it. We're evolving with the way society changes. And we've, we've all really seen that right now with the most rapid evolution any of us have had to do, I think, in a very long time. But the insurance industry is stepping up. And is trying things. I mean, it's not all been completely successful. There's been far too many ugly yellow boxes over websites saying, sorry, phone lines closed, I think, with, with some. But, you know, embrace the different ways people are working, the different ways that your customers are living. And insurance at its best is a superhero industry. It's all about helping people when they're in trouble and involve with those different ways that people live so you can keep helping them when they're in trouble. That's great. Um, I think it's really great advice um, as we can enter into this next new decade. Charlotte, I really want to thank you for your time and your insights. I think what you guys have done at uh, Bought by Many is just fantastic. I think it's one of those products that has been a product that people have really wanted. And I think coming out of COVID-19, what I hear, at least here in the U.S., uh, Charlotte, is that you can't uh, find a dog at any of the shelters any longer because people brought animals into their homes as, as comfort, as a companion. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. You know, I think the love of pets has, uh, has really accelerated. And I think you guys have a great opportunity ahead of you. We'll definitely grab that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so good to talk to you. You too, Charlotte. Thanks so much. Stay, stay happy and safe. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye.